The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Game week in Atlanta, which means it's time to talk all things Georgia Tech. Breaks a tackle. Oh, and he's gone. House call. Touchdown. And we're a point after away from being all tied up. We'll hear from Georgia Tech staff and insiders as we gear up for another week of Georgia Tech football. Runs it right. Slams into the end zone. Touchdown, Jackets. On the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Now here's the voice of the Jackets. Andy Demetra. And a very good Wednesday evening to you. Welcome in, Yellow Jacket fans, to another edition of the Georgia Tech Coaches Show with Brent Key tonight. Also, we'll have wide receivers coach Dell Alexander in as well. Georgia Tech back on the road, back into ACC play this Saturday as they head up to the Northeast, what used to be Heinz Field, still taking some getting used to. It's Acrisure Stadium now, but we know the opponent, the Pitt Panthers, Tommy Slether at 8 o'clock. We'll be on the air with our pregame show at 6 o'clock. But, of course, before all that, we'll have 60 minutes of Georgia Tech football talk with you right now on the Georgia Tech Coaches Show. I'm Andy Demetra, and uh, he was formally introduced as Georgia Tech's interim head coach on Tuesday. Let's welcome him into the program tonight. He is, of course, Brent Key. Coach, good to see you again. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. Good to see you guys. Uh, do I even want to know what your Apple Watch sleep tracker is saying these days? Uh, I think it's broke, but um, <laughs> no, it's... Uh, yeah, I've actually been able to try to balance a little bit of uh, some downtime. And, you know, what's been good is, you know, when it gets a certain point in the night, I, you know, take my work home and able to do there, do it there and, you know, change up the, you know, the environment that I'm in a little bit and get some more kind of the busy work and, you know, film study work done at the house. That's good. I, I Look, I know it's been a, a heady week, a hectic week for everybody, and you're right in the middle of that. How, how have you been hanging in these last 72 hours? Well, um, you know, obviously it was a little bit of a, uh, you know, an emotional kind of start to the week uh, with, you know, Coach Collins and Todd both, um, you know, being let go. But, you know, you know, our job as coaches and, you know, the job they hired me to, to do is to steer these young men in the right direction, um, you know, to, to hold this ship together and make sure they're being accountable uh, young men on the field, um, in the classroom, in the community. And as, as, you know, as the leader of the program now, that that is my main objective and that's my goal. So there's not a lot of time to look in the rearview mirror, um, you know, I've got to, you know, continue to push forward and, you know, myself and the other assistant coaches on the staff uh, push forward and uh, do what's best for the kids and for the, uh, for Georgia Tech. I, I know it comes under bittersweet circumstances, but you're the head coach of your alma mater now. And at Georgia Tech, that's not a long list. Bill Curry, the late Bill Fulcher, Pepper Rogers, William Alexander, and, and for all intents and purposes, that's it. You poured a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into Georgia Tech, not just as a player, but as a student and professionally as a coach, uh, amid the whirlwind of these last few days, have you had time to process just the the, the magnitude of that? Not really. Um, I'm sure one day I'll uh, I will be able to do that. Uh, you know the the overwhelming support that we have received over the last you know 72 hours from 
you know, alumni and, uh, you know, former players and teammates, uh, has really been, uh, encouraging to all of us. Um, it's, it's been a, it's been a whirlwind, you know, as you, as you've said, but, uh, you know, when I sit home, uh, you know, late at night and kind of go through those texts and try to apply back to people. And, you know, you know, sometimes, you know, majority of the time it's a, it's a harder thumbs up, but, you know, just to, you know, for those people to, to, to reach out. Uh, but this is a special place to me. And, you know, th- this place is the reason I have those relationships and friendships that are reaching out. So uh, I just want to do what's best for this place and, uh, and, and for the kids and hope that they can experience uh, some success here as we uh, start to move forward. Speaking of your players, it's a tough situation on everybody, players included. They're human beings trying to negotiate and navigate this process as well. But there are still games to play beginning Saturday with Pittsburgh. And we're only two-thirds of the way or a third of the way through the season, still have two-thirds of the season left. And your guys still have a lot of goals to achieve. What was, if you can share the, the opening message that you had to your players when you first addressed them as the interim coach? Well, the first thing was to lay out expectations um, from, from the coaching staff um, and what we expected out of the players. And the, the second, secondly, it was to make the, make the players know that, you know, I want them to have ownership in this. I want those guys to uh, believe in the direction that we're heading, um, to believe in, in the direction that President Cabrera has set forth, and for those guys to have ownership. Well, you know, to have ownership in anything, obviously it's a, it's a huge responsibility, so there, there there's then the accountability that comes with that, and that's where uh, these young men have to really understand. It's, it's easy to say you want ownership in something, but understanding that there's also accountability that uh, – comes if it's not done the right way um so you know just relaying that message to them it it was a short and sweet message and then uh telling the guys that our goal here moving forward forward is to is to win win each day and if we can wake up in the morning be on time you know be attentive in our meetings learn in the meetings you know you know each each team period within practice you know you know get better in that period of practice you know get better in the practice as a whole you know make it on time to class make it on time to study hall and then when we go to bed at night if more people on our team can say that they've won that day than didn't we'll have we'll have a fighting chance here moving forward there's always an element of emotional management in situations like this do you believe it's best for that to be coach-led or player-led what what, what do you think is the best route to take in that you know you can look at it two ways you really can um you know the best way, in my opinion, is having everyone on the same page, uh, regardless of who's leading. Um, you know, it, it really comes down, you know, it can be led, but who, who's driving it? And, you know, if the coaches are leading the way, um, the players have to drive the train. And that's an important thing when you talk about leadership. Uh, you know, and if, if it's if the players are leading, a lot of times the coaches have to drive. But you know, for the for the coaches to be able to lead lead these guys in the right direction for the for the time being right now. And then get the players to drive the train, um, you know, it, it, to be a driven individual at this age and these under these circumstances, it, it's hard, uh, especially in this day and age of social media and, and outside external distractions that they have every moment of the day. So, um, you know, leadership comes in a lot of forms, but, you know, uh, I really like to see these players be able to drive this thing in the right direction. The first few days now, uh, how is it shaken out with handling the head coaching duties Still coaching the offensive line. Have you kind of settled into uh, to a routine or a system moving forward? Uh, 
every day is, uh, is is really a new day right now. You know, there's it, it's it, it will start to slow down. Um, you know, going to, into this first game, it, it, you know, I've, I think I've said whirlwind more than once right now, but uh, just getting some of the scheduling set out. Um, Meetings with different parts, uh, different departments within the organization, from you know academics to the training room to you know strength staff and equipment, you know, all across the board, ops, uh, recruiting, being able to meet with all of them, uh, kind of set forward what the expectations are moving forward, so that we, we are we are all on the same page and moving in the right direction, uh, getting the schedules in, um, setting you know setting the, the the travel schedule uh you know the the travel plans you know especially with a late game coming up and you know a, a, you know an early morning arrival back here in town and then you know we get word what i guess it was a day ago i was told that there's a hurricane that was rolling in and you know hopefully that thing's not rolling up the east coast that direction so but again it's something that uh we don't want to make light of it, but as if you don't have enough going on this week. Yeah, exactly. But you, you know, those are all things you can't control. We can, only, you know, I can only control what, what I can. And moving forward, you know, it, it will become smoother and smoother once the, the scheduling is set and we have our routine that we're going to be in because that is the one thing that I, I promised the players and I promised the coaches is that we would have a have a routine that they could rely on. I, I know you touched on it, but very briefly in your press conference, have you decided? Who's going to run the the offensive line huddles on Saturday? I, I know you have some. There are there are rules governing analysts and their off field roles, what they can do with on field coaching. Is that kind of settled in? Yeah, um, you know we, we've made a decision in house how we're going to handle it this weekend. Uh, I feel very confident in that decision. I feel very confident um, in the people involved in in, in the offensive line. Um, you know that that decision will allow me to focus on the game and the, the management of the game and the management of the clock, uh, absorbing a feel of the game from the sideline, uh, being able to be with both sides of the football and special teams, uh, and, and making sure those three phases of the phases of the game are coordinated uh, and all playing with the same mission. I know in your mind you've been ready to be a head coach for a while. I think anybody who's been around you would agree with that. But there's a difference between having. Uh, a six, seven month runway to get ready for that first game as a head coach versus having essentially a, a six day runway. Have you had any uh, conversations? Have you sought out any colleagues who have been in an interim role like you are now for just advice on, on how they navigated the process and what you can take from that? Uh, yeah, I have. Um, there's, uh, I'm fortunate to have you know, worked for and worked with a lot of outstanding football coaches over the last uh, 20 years. And, um, and, and having a lot of friendships within the profession who have been in similar uh, circumstances, um, not many of them with this much of a schedule left to play. Most of them, it's, it's towards the end with a few games. So it is a, it is a little bit of a unique uh, circumstance, but those people have given a lot of great advice. Um, I've listened to all of them. A lot of the advice I have taken uh, taken to heart, and I've implemented into you know my daily daily routine um, and my interactions with the rest of the staff and with the players. And I think the the, the overwhelming uh, bit of advice that I got from everyone, especially the people that I trust the most, is just be myself, be who I am. Uh, don't change, don't change, and be something that you're not, because that's the easiest way for people to to, to not believe in you. So, you know, to wake up every morning and be who I've always been, but you know, have a few more responsibilities added on. This is the way I'm going about it. To say you wake up implies that you've fallen asleep. I, I don't know how much of that you've done these last few days, though. 
Um, <laughs> not 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 as much as 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 I would like. But, yeah. Uh, the 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 fuel of being able to to have this job uh, for these kids and for this uh, for this institution uh, it's it is what drives me and, and, and keeps me going. Um, but I I am very conscious of the fact that. Uh, I do need to to rest and get sleep and, and eat right and uh, stay hydrated and all those good things. So, um, you know, I've got a wonderful wife at home and, a, and an unbelievable mother back in Birmingham that uh, remind me of that all the time. That's good stuff. I, well, we are just getting started. We know your time is precious this week. We appreciate you spending some minutes with us. It is the Georgia Tech Coaches Show with Brent Key. Like we said, wide receivers coach Dale Alexander will be our guest in the second half hour, and we invite you to stick around. Just getting started tonight on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Atlanta's own New Realm Brewing Company is proud to be the official craft beer sponsor of Georgia Tech Athletics. All season long, reach for New Realm's number one selling Hazy Like a Fox IPA and check out their location on the Eastside Beltline Trail. Expect great locally sourced food from their on-site scratch kitchen, craft beer brewed in-house, and handmade cocktails, plus live music and so much more at 550 Somerset Terrace. Visit NewRealmBrewing.com for more. With a Kroger Plus card, it's easy to get lower than low prices for the win. And for every dollar you spend, you earn fuel points, which can add up to $1 per gallon off at the pump for the win. Plus, save every day on groceries and get personalized digital coupons for the win. The Kroger Plus card, all you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at Kroger.com and start saving. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Georgia is our home. That's why at Georgia Power, we're building the future of energy. Over the last decade, we've invested nearly $10 billion to strengthen the electric grid, installing new substations, upgrading transformers, moving power lines underground, and investing in cleaner energy. We're making the electric grid more resilient and reliable for you and for future generations. At Georgia Power, we know that making smart investments today prepares us to meet our customers' needs tomorrow. Knockoffs, copycats, imitators. They all share one thing in common. They always pale in comparison next to the true original. Just like the stylish and versatile Lexus RX. The crossover that paved the way for others. And it's still the best for one simple reason. Nothing else is as good as the original. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Lexus is the official luxury vehicle of Georgia Tech Athletics. There's no better source on Georgia Tech football than our team of Yellow Jacket Insiders. This is the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. Fans, there's magic when we cheer together. Let's create some magic with ice-cold Coke. Cheers. It is the Georgia Tech Coaches Show. Andy Demetra joined by Brent Key tonight. Dan Alexander will stop by in the second half hour. Of course, I work now with Joe Hamilton on our broadcast of Georgia Tech football. Some would say that without Brent Key... There would be no Joe Hamilton. I don't think Joe has said that. I'm, I may be saying that on his behalf. But. I was about to say, there's no way Joe said that. Uh, no, uh, Joe, Joe, Joe was an outstanding competitor uh, and a wonderful teammate to play with. And he's uh, remained a, a good friend uh, over the course of time since we, we did stop playing uh, uh, Adam Bobby Dodd uh, together. Well, you were team captain here at Georgia Tech, letter winner, all ACC offensive linemen. 
playing for George O'Leary, whom I'm sure you had a chance to at least see, if not catch up with, this past Saturday. He performed the ceremonial coin toss versus UCF. Where do you see Coach O'Leary's influence on you and the way you operate as a coach, the way you lead your players? You know, there's a lot of ways that he's impacted me uh, in my life over the last, you know, going to 27, 28 years um, and a lot of lessons that I learned as a player and as a coach underneath him. Um, you know, you know, a lot of them in coaching, a lot of them in just, you know, being, being a man and a husband and, and a father. But, you know, the, the, the things that stick out about Coach O'Leary, you know, the, the accountability and the responsibility that, that he demands out of his players, the organization that he always had uh, the organization in detail that he demanded out of the staff and his ability to always have a tough physical football team you know those I think are the 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 best qualities that that I hope you know obviously it's it's hard to uh, you know get those things going you know in 72 hours but you know you you know over the course of time and, you know, doing this, you know, one day at a time, day by day. Um, those are, those are the traits that I w- would really hope to instill into this Georgia tech football team. You, uh, you alluded to it a little bit in your press conference yesterday. What are the short term goals for this team? The goal of course is to win Saturday at Pittsburgh, but in order to get to the result, you have to go through the process first. What are the short term goals with respect to the process for you? Short term, it, it, it's a, it's a day to day thing, and it, again, like I said earlier, of taking it one day at a time and being, um, you know, not being outcome oriented oriented coaches, um, leading these players as coaches because they're going to see uh, and, and emulate feelings and. Um, you know, ways that you are as a coach. And if they see you down, they're going to be down. They see you up, they'll stay up. Um, You know, then day to day, if we can get better each day, and if more people on this team get better than don't each day, then as you start to uh, stack these days uh, together, uh, you know, you you have a chance to to really improve and, and, you know, you know, show some uh, improvements, have success as the season goes on. Coming out of UCF and trying to show improvement. Uh, it wasn't for lack of opportunities down in Orlando. It was just a lack of cashing in on those opportunities. So what was the, the message to the players uh, as uh, with respect to just getting better, absorbing the lessons and trying to execute a little bit better to put yourself in a position to be more successful this Saturday? Well, you know, it's, it's no coincidence that you, you, you play on Saturdays like you practice. And, um, you know, two weeks ago, we did not, we had not have a good week of practice. Um, and the, the play on that Saturday versus Ole Miss, uh, indicated that then at UCF, we had a much better week of practice. Uh, we went down there, um, had a lot, uh, and, and played a better football game. You know, we, we played faster, played more physical, played to the whistle. Um, you know, played the you know entirety of the football game. All right, but well, that's all. That's all. You know, fine and dandy to say. You know, you played hard, but that's you know that's what you tell a six-year-old after a t-ball game when they don't win. So, it, and this is a big boy profession, and we take that very seriously. So, we've got to dig down deep, and that's what we've done this week is really dig down and find out why. Uh, 
why it is that we're not, you know, that we're not cashing in and we're not winning. And then you have to, in turn, go back to the practice field and you have to, you have to fix those problems. You have to identify them first, then you, then you have to go out and, and replicate them and, uh, and practice those things to fix them. Because there were five red zone trips. You would take that against a team like UCF, but unable to manufacture points out of any of those trips. Was there any connective thread going back through the film of those red zone trips? Why the team just wasn't able to, to, to manufacture points from them? Yeah, well, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, when you get in the red zone, obviously you have to score. Uh, we all know that. And the ability to score is not always touchdowns. Yeah, you want to score touchdowns every time, but you have to score field goals. And when we came out and missed two field goals early in the game, that kind of changes the, the thought process from the sideline of, you know, of, of of how you're calling the play and, you know, how, you know, what your decisions are when it does become a fourth down or a third and short and, or, or third and medium, I should say, with the possibility of getting it to a fourth down. So you know, those, those were big. So we have to cash in, you know, when we have the opportunity to score points. Now, you obviously want to score touchdowns when you get into the red zone. Okay, so, you know, the ability to score touchdowns in the red zone where the field is shrunk, you know, the, the, the coverage is tighter, uh, they're closer to the line of scrimmage, uh, the throwing windows are a lot smaller down there, and you have to build, be, be able to run the football, number one. You have to be able to run it between the tackles and, and get positive yardage and keep the chains moving. And then when the opportunities do come up to, to take a shot and to, you know, get it to the end zone, uh, you, you can't make, we can't make mistakes. And you can't have 10 people doing something right and one person not doing something right or, you know, nine people and two people or one person, you know, uh, miss a block or, you know, one receiver, you know, run the wrong route or, uh, you know, make a wrong conversion on a route. So it's all 11 guys have to be in sync and and doing their job. And that's the big thing. If if everyone just does their job, you you give yourself a fighting chance, you know, to to get down there and and make plays and the opportunity to score big points. How, How can the team get more consistent with its running between the tackles? Because you got some guys who can thump and, and shed that first contact like Dylan McDuffie and, and Dante Smith and you know some other guys as well. I would take pride in it, but you know, maybe they just haven't shown it as much as they would like. Yeah, well, consistency down there is the key. And, uh, you know, number one, it starts up front on the offensive line, you know, to be able to uh, to to make the make the blocks, sustain blocks, uh, finish blocks and, and with the offensive line, the tight ends. Um, the field is shrunk. You know, the coverage is closer. Uh, safeties are closer to the box. Uh, so then being able to take advantage from, the you know, looking the outside in of receivers coming in and doing a good job blocking receivers, uh, receivers blocking on the perimeter. And then the receivers able to get over the top of the coverage when they are playing it down that low and be able to make a play when that happens so it's really a, a, a it's all phases of the offense that that need to work together as one to be able to run the ball and again that goes back to starts in practice it starts with the with the planning in the in the meeting room by the coaches the the players retaining that information uh taking it to the field in practice and then you know the the, the repetition of uh practice so that you have the chance on game day to go out and, and and have success well as the head coach now uh you will get used to fielding questions outside of just your position group and uh you know ucf was able to get five first downs on saturday off of defensive penalties and I, I know you don't want your players to be passive in a third down with a chance to get off the field but you also don't want them to be that aggressive either where they get penalties and drives continue how did you address that with the team heading into this week well that, that that's a discipline issue and you know you know, not discipline where you get sent to the principal in elementary school, but discipline of being able to uh, 
not take the bait, not uh, listen to something you're not supposed to be listening to or, you know, have bad eye discipline. You know, your eyes aren't in the right spot. Um, you're careless with your approach. You, uh, you're careless in your stance and, you know, get caught off guard. So the, it's, it's an overall discipline thing that we, we, we've got to correct. Um, you know, in the first football game of the season, uh, the offensive line had four of those where, mm-hmm. you know, the defense moved the front, stemmed, and, you know, and they jumped. And that's something that was worked on in practice that, you know, we've always worked on. Our defense does it. Uh, and then, you know, once you get into the game, the moment was, you know, it was bigger than it was in practice. Uh, same thing happened on Saturday, just on the other side of the football now. Um, you know, it was the first drive of the game. You know, they had been running the football. Uh, we got them into some, you know, you know, short situations that we could, you know, that we'd been able to get a stop or get off the field. And again, you know, the moment became bigger than it is in practice, even though it is worked in practice. So the challenge is to take these these young men and, and shrink it down and, and make it and make it smaller because the, the the game can't be so much bigger than practice that you lose focus and you lose discipline. So being able to to stay in that moment and shrink it down and make it smaller. Again, to me, that comes back to the practice of how you're practicing. If you're if you're practicing at the same level of intensity and the same effort that you would in a football game, then those mistakes in practice will be corrected and then not carried over to the game. So, you know, all of us need to, to understand that the level of effort and the level of intensity and in, in, in how hard you practice has a major, major carryover uh, on Saturdays. And it's not just the guys on the field. It's the scout team guys that are giving them the look. It's... Uh, you know the way we're the way that we're coaching them. It's the uh, the way that guys are giving them calls. The way that you know linebackers or quarterbacks or you know the center or safety are, are making the calls. Everything has to be done in the same manner and fashion that it is in the, in the game on Saturday. Otherwise, in my opinion, it's a wasted rep at practice. Well, that next game comes this Saturday, Acrisure Stadium, 8 p.m. Tommy's Leather. Your Yellow Jackets and the Pitt Panthers will take one timeout and wrap things up with head coach Brent Key in just a moment. Stay with us on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. It's football time, which turns Sunday and Thursday into the best days of the week. Well, they just got better because now through October, Kino has 30% higher payouts during bonus hours before the football games. Win $500, it becomes $650. The bonus hours are Sunday, 1 to 3 p.m. and Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. So play Kino online and anywhere Kino is sold and get 30% higher payouts during bonus hours. Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. and Thursdays, 6 to 8 p.m. Only from the Georgia Lottery. Play responsibly. It's no longer about answering the most emails or pulling the most all-nighters. It's about prioritizing what's most important. Hey, Lexus, give me directions to Eagles Peak Hiking Trail. Calculating route. That's why the Lexus NX has an interface engineered to understand you and an available 14-inch touchscreen that's simpler and more intuitive. The Lexus NX. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Availability and accuracy of navigation system depends on many factors. Data charges may apply. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. 
The latest on Yellow Jackets football. It's the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. Wide receivers coach Dell Alexander joins us in a little bit, wrapping things up with interim head coach Brent Key. By the way, you said you'd be using the word whirlwind a lot. Uh, some synonyms for whirlwind if you want to incorporate these in any of your press conferences. Uh, Maelstrom, uh, Tumult, um, my favorite, Hurley Burley. I'd love to hear Brent Key say that in a press conference. Hurley Burley? Hurley Burley, yeah. Just drop that in sometime. The, the Georgia Tech is not a school that is that, that takes a, a ton of pride in their grammar and their spelling and, you know, the, the pronunciation of certain words and synonyms and even the thought of looking up a synonym while we're sitting in a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Um, now, it's what, it's you, what I do. Now, you give yeah. us numbers, you give us, uh, you know, scientific equations, uh, mathematic equations, well, you know, we'll solve them. And, you know, it, it, that leads me to a funny story I've got to tell you. So, okay, please. Um, you know, we obviously had a, a tough loss on Saturday night. We come in, and uh, Sunday was the players' off day. We come in on Monday morning, and we go into the meetings. And you know, I'm I'm with a, with a group of guys, and we're watching the film, you know, making our corrections, making our adjustments. Uh, and we come to the play where uh, you know we had the we were, again we were in the red zone, and we had the fumble, and their defensive lineman picked it up and started running towards the end zone. Well, I went back to the wide view, and I, I showed uh, Nate who was on the five-yard line on the far sideline. And he started running and started running and started running. And I was showing it to him, and I'm on, I'm on the sideline going, this guy, this little guy's going to catch him. So gets all the way to the end zone, about about to cross it. And as we all know, Nate stripped uh, stripped him of the ball and able to and get about, a touchback. And you said he was a defensive lineman, but Trayvon Morris Brash is like a buck linebacker. It's not like he was a 290-pound guy. He was 230. I mean, he could move, and even then Nate caught up to him. Unbelievable play. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's 95 yards goal line, you know, from or the five where he mm-hmm. was to the goal line. Of course, he goes across the field. He's in the far corner of the far pylon. I said, guys, you, this is the type of effort. When you talk about effort, this is effort. Effort is not trying to push a wall down. Effort is trying to run through the wall and, you know, making these uh, analogies with the guys. And uh, I said, I don't know how far it is. It's more than 95. Well, of course, as we are here at Georgia Tech, within about 30 seconds, one of the guys looked up in the room and said, Coach, it's 133 yards. And I looked at him and said, what? And he had already drawn out an equation on his in his notebook, uh, his football notebook, and it might have been 135. And he'd done a whole equation in the line through it. He goes, well, it's just a different, you know, the difference in this and this and the division of this, and it's half of this. And if you take that and do the, and you make it a triangle. And, and the hypotenuse and the Pythagorean theorem, and yeah. I was like, I, I'm home. This is Georgia Tech. <laughs> this is Georgia Tech. This is the epitome of Georgia Tech right here. You are among your people. No question about it. All right, just a couple of minutes left. Pittsburgh team reigning ACC champion. You know that. You said uh, in the press conference yesterday with Pitt, you know what you're going to get from them defensively. What do you get from Pitt defensively that will be a challenge you'll look to overcome on Saturday? Yeah, well, they, you know, since, since Coach Narduzzi's been there, they've, they've, they've prided themselves in stopping the run. You, you know where the, the defensive linemen are going to be. You know where the linebackers are going to be. You know where the safeties in the corners are going to be. The, you know, on first, first and second down and, you know, some of the third downs, they are in the exact same alignment on every play. Well, then out of that, they have their, um, you know, their, their six-man blitz. 
uh, patterns that they run that are problematic and they break your protections down to all one-on-ones, uh, the line movement, the, the stunts, you know, the stems, the movement up front, um, you know, the crossing, you know, the twist games, crossing patterns, those things, you know, that's where they really stress you is up front and, you know, with what they do there. Uh, now, on the back end, if you're going to commit that many people to the box, obviously you're going to have, uh, you know, less people in the coverage on the back end. Uh, but they they do a really, really fine job of, of getting to the quarterback in passing situations, smothering the ball in the run game, and then rallying to the football in the back end. So, you know, even though we know where they're going to be, you know, it's, it'll, it'll be a, a strong challenge, challenge for us uh, to be able to go out there and, you know, get those guys out of the box and successfully be able to, uh, you know, drive the ball play by play down the field. So, you know, they've been a good team um, for a long time. They're obviously the reigning ACC champions, and we're super excited to take on this challenge. I know you said this is about Georgia Tech. It's about the players, but, boy, it'd be nice at the end of Saturday night to see you get that game ball inside the Georgia Tech locker room for your first win as Yellow Jackets head coach, head coach of your alma mater. Coach, like we said, we know your time has been scarce, as has your sleep these last few days. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Look forward to doing this again uh, next Wednesday here on the Georgia Tech Coaches Show. Brent Key, thanks so much. Thanks, guys. All right. Coming up next, it's wide receivers coach Dell Alexander. Stick around right here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legends Sports. Football season is here, and the fall months are approaching, but it's still warm. That means pests like ants, roaches, and mosquitoes are out in full force. Luckily, you can trust the pros at Arrow Exterminators to keep your home, business, and tailgate pest-free. Atlanta-based Arrow is an official Georgia Tech football partner, so rest assured that with Arrow Pest and Termite Control, you're getting the best from the best. Schedule a free pest inspection today. Call 888-GO-ARROW or visit arrowexterminators.com. One of the toughest jobs in law enforcement is telling a family that a loved one has been killed by a drunk driver. That's why Georgia law enforcement works every day to keep drunk drivers off the road. Every DUI arrest could be one less family to lose someone to drunk driving. You can help. Hand the keys to a designated driver or call a ride service. It saves lives and prevents a costly DUI arrest. Drive sober or get pulled over. Brought to you by the Governor's Office of Highway Safety. Glory isn't given. It takes hard work. It takes hustle. Only then do we see the results begin to stack and the swarm start to stir. He dives for the end zone and he gets in! When we rally the swarm, we become something much bigger than any single one of us. A program built on the belief that success is measured by showing up, digging deep, bouncing back, being part of something bigger than ourselves. Touchdown, Jackets! For tickets and more info, visit ramblinrec.com. Georgia Tech football continues to buzz. Now more of the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. Yellow Jacket fans, be sure to visit georgiapower.com slash community to learn new ways to stay connected. Georgia Power, the official energy sponsor of Georgia Tech Athletics, Power on Georgia. Glad you're listening tonight to the Georgia Tech Coaches Show as we get you ready for Tech and Pittsburgh. The resumption of ACC play Saturday night, 8 p.m. at Acrisure Stadium in downtown Pittsburgh. And the man who will be overseeing the wide receiving efforts this Saturday at Pittsburgh joins us now, Dell Alexander, here on the Georgia Tech Coaches Show. Dell, good to see you. How are you? Great. Doing great. Uh, we, me. we will get into your career and all the, the stops in your resume in a little bit. But first, let's talk about the here and now and maybe the biggest highlight of your wide receiver group this year. 
wasn't a catch. It wasn't a touchdown. It was that play Nate McCollum made, and Brent and I were talking about it in the last segment. His chase down and forced fumble on that potential scoop and score touchdown from your eyes as the wide receivers coach. I mean, how, how impressive a hustle play was that from Nate? Uh, that was big time. That was an ESPN highlight. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't shown on ESPN, but uh, that kind of effort and finish is the, the type of football that we we want to play. We preach it, uh, and that was just an opportunity to show that we're capable of great things. Malachi Carter had the touchdown catch. It was not only a career-long touchdown reception for Malachi, longest reception he's ever had in his career, 59 yards, and this is – uh, Malachi Carter, who's had 51 career games played at Georgia Tech, break down the route that he ran, what he did well to set that up and get behind his wide receiver so he can catch that in stride from Jeff and take it to the house. Right. Yeah, right. Well, uh, first thing we always want to do is congratulate the offensive line first. You know, we got great protection. Uh, we put Malachi in a stack position into the boundary. Um, you know, we had scouted the look, and uh, sure enough, they gave us what we thought they would. Uh, Malachi ran at the defensive back. He gave him stick to the outside side and sure enough he ran a post down the field where Jeff hit him in stride. It wasn't just his route that enabled him to get open. It was the route that Malik Rutherford ran on that side as well. Joe Hamilton observed it in the booth on Saturday. Malik, Joe said, and you can confirm he ran an inside post. He took the safety with him and that created the opening for for Matakot. I think that goes under observed or underappreciated it's not always the guy who runs the route that results in the touchdown it's the guy running the route next to him that enables him to have that success right right definitely we had a guy that was running the post he was in charge of taking away the press or grabbing a safety if that's where they what they were to give us and uh it is it's about being a great decoy when it's your turn to be a de- your turn to be a decoy um, we got that done and we had a clear lane to the end zone for malachi but it is about the guy doing the work for his teammates what, what was it malik no it was, was not it? it was the tight end ah okay yeah yeah. Hey, either way, the, the point still stands, <laughs> yes, right? Yes, point still stands. You know, let, let's talk about Malik, though, because it seems like he has been gaining confidence with each game. He's already surpassed his receptions total from all of last season, 5'9", 155. He may not pass the bus test compared to an E.J. Jenkins, but what makes him a tough guy to take down and a guy that you feel can be a weapon in your, your receiving group? Uh, I think the energy and effort part of it is what we preach, and, and that's definitely been one of his assets. You know, he goes hard all the time. He gives everything he's got, and he's a playmaker. And he proved that first in the Clemson game. Um, we found his spots, and he's taking advantage of that, and, and, and we look forward to more. What I also like about Malik, I'm sure you're aware, he's roommates with Zeke Biggers. Mm-hmm. You got a guy who's 5'9", 155-ish, and Zeke who's 6'6", 3'4". They don't confuse their laundry piles. No, they don't. I, I don't think. Uh, of course, E.J. Jenkins, hard to miss him, 6'7". But being 6'7 alone doesn't get you open. If it did, then you'd recruit nothing but six, seven wide receivers. So what does EJ need to continue working on to make himself a consistent threat in this system? Right. Well, what he's done great is he's changed his body. He's grown into the person that he is now, and there's still more. Um, What he needs to do is just continue to play fast, continue to study the playbook and make plays and have that aggressive mindset. And he's done that. He's done nothing but grow since the time that he's been here. He's adapted well, and we're still trying to find more ways to get him the ball it doesn't get included in his net yards but he also earned that defensive pass interference penalty in the opening drive I I wish you could somehow acknowledge that in the box score that he gave you 15 yards it's not so much gamesmanship 
That's not the purpose of the question, but is there a technique to teaching guys how to maybe draw those DPIs? The object, of course, is to catch the ball, but is there something that can be taught as part of the package there to, to maybe get those DPIs? Right. Well, you have to be aware if the defender is between you and the ball, you have to attack the ball. Mm. Uh, most times the defender's not taught to look back. He's supposed to focus on the receiver. He's supposed to try to widen him away from the reception area. And you got to teach the receiver. The more aggressive you are, the more the referee's going to see that and give you a chance at a fair catch or an opportunity. And if you don't, if you fade away, then he's going to say you had no chance of catching it. I'm not going to make the call. Do you chart that internally, guys that draw DPIs? No, no, okay. not at all. You know, as You're a receiver not giving them coach, credit. Yeah, yeah. no, okay. we're going to say they're always holding. So, <laughs> you know, when we get one, it's like we should have gotten them all. So, no, we don't chart it. We okay. just uh, we just chart that aggressiveness. All right. Well, us broadcasters, we'll, we'll, we'll give them the credit. I know you guys are much right. harder graders. Dad right. Alexander joining us here in the Georgia Tech Coaches Show. We'll take a timeout. Talk more about your history prior to coming to Georgia Tech. You and Chip Long, offensive coordinator, have known each other for several years and at several different stops and mm-hmm. we'll also talk about how the position of wide receivers coach has evolved uh, in your time in the business stay with us much more to come here on the georgia tech coaches show on the georgia tech sports network from legend sports attention plumbers pipe fitters and hvacr technicians in atlanta if you're not making over 51 dollars an hour total package this message is for you the united association of plumbers pipe fitters and hvacr technicians local 72 has immediate opportunities in metro atlanta top level pay excellent benefits in retirement long-term projects and safe working conditions contractors are hiring right now call 404-373-5778 or visit ua72.org and click join us Atlanta's own New Realm Brewing Company is proud to be the official craft beer sponsor of Georgia Tech Athletics. All season long, reach for New Realm's number one selling Hazy Like a Fox IPA and check out their location on the Eastside Beltline Trail. Expect great locally sourced food from their on-site scratch kitchen, craft beer brewed in-house, and handmade cocktails, plus live music and so much more at 550 Somerset Terrace. Visit NewRealmBrewing.com for more. Glory isn't given. It takes hard work. It takes hustle. Only then do we see the results begin to stack and the swarm start to stir. He dives for the end zone and he gets in! When we rally the swarm, we become something much bigger than any single one of us. A program built on the belief that success is measured by showing up, digging deep, bouncing back, being part of something bigger than ourselves. Touchdown, Jackets! For tickets and more info, visit ramblinrec.com. One of the toughest jobs in law enforcement is telling a family that a loved one has been killed by a drunk driver. That's why Georgia law enforcement works every day to keep drunk drivers off the road. Every DUI arrest could be one less family to lose someone to drunk driving. You can help. Hand the keys to a designated driver or call a ride service. It saves lives and prevents a costly DUI arrest. Drive sober or get pulled over. Brought to you by the Governor's Office of Highway Safety. There's no better source on Georgia Tech football than our team of Yellow Jacket Insiders. This is the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network.
Georgia Tech and Pittsburgh, we invite you to our pregame coverage at 6 o'clock on Saturday. Stay wide on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports, also available on the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets app and any of our local affiliate streaming apps as well. Yellow Jackets finally back up to Pittsburgh, where surprisingly they have not played since 2018. Last three meetings between the Jackets and Panthers, Pitt has all come to Atlanta. Dale Alexander, wide receivers coach, joins us here. You played collegiately at Southern Cal. You were part of a wide receivers room that had Keyshawn Johnson in it. That had Johnny Morton in it. Everybody knows about Keyshawn, but people don't know enough how good Johnny Morton was. I mean, he played a decade plus in the NFL, too. Yes, yes. Key was, uh, you know, the, the mouth of the West. But Johnny <laughs> Morton was a technician. You know, he was very detailed. You know, he's a, he, in great shape. And he just showed the importance of, of studying and being a student of the game. You were carpool partners, I read, with Chip Long when you guys were at Arizona State together? Yes, yes. Every morning for uh, probably, what, four years. Really? Yes. Good savings on gas then. Yes. How close did you guys live? Uh, We were probably less than a mile, maybe two miles max. Were you the one driving? Uh, was Chip riding shotgun, vice versa? Did you all Well, there was three of us. So okay. between the three of us, we kind of shared the duty, and, and it kind of fell on uh, Mike Norvell. He picked me up, and then from there, <laughs> we went to get Chip, and we took it into uh, to camp. Also, Mike Norvell was in the carpool as yes. well. Well, yes. that'll make last weekend in October pretty uh, pretty interesting yes, reunion. Will. Yes, it will. That's pretty good. That, you know what? When you're spending that much time in the coaching offices together, you, you throw a carpool on top of that to and from the offices. Right. It's hard not to develop a really strong bond with a guy like Chip, huh? Yeah, because in the time in the car, you know, you kind of put football to bed and you can kind of learn a little bit more about the guys, you know, and, you know, you do develop a tighter bond. Uh, college offenses have evolved a lot since you got in the business. The offenses that may have been prevalent when you started out could be functionally extinct now. How has coaching the wide receivers position, Dell, evolved in your time here? Who it's uh, it's it's different but the same the guys you know the guys need to to learn the fundamentals and techniques they need to be pushed they need to be coached um but you know when it comes to the scheme of it you know the defenders have gotten a lot faster it's a little bit more technical um but when it comes down to it it's a lot the same you know you got to teach the guys how to win against the db and you know how to keep their composure and and how to make plays when it's important you're probably seeing more four receiver sets than back in the late 90s it's just the sheer number of wide receivers in your room growing a lot in your time? That might be one of the things because, yeah. you know, you've, you've had more running backs, fullbacks, tight ends, you know, when you're on offense, definitely offensive linemen if you're running the ball back in the day when I was playing. Um, but at the same time now, yes, with, with the, the workload, you have to have more wide receivers uh-huh. because the injuries, you know, you have to have a backup. I don't want to give short shrift to Nate McConnell's job catching the ball for you this year. We talked about that hustle play against UCF, but it does lead the Yellow Jackets in receptions. You talked about you know Nate becoming a more refined route runner. He's got plenty of speed and quick twitch to him. Where have you seen him just become a more complete wide receiver since the spring? Um, well, the, the thing about Nate, similar to Malik, and Nate is a, a role model that, that uh, Malik watches is the energy and effort um, and the thing that I've noticed is that he is a student you know he asks questions it's important to him and he wants to be right so as we work through the the week of practice you can see Nate studying film you can see him going through his notes and you can see him prepared and getting the results on Saturday it's got to be really refreshing 
uh, for a position coach to see somebody who takes that kind of accountability, knowing that he sets the example, he sets the tone in the room. That's not something that necessarily the, the position coach needs to say. Right. Yeah. He can. He knows um, that the time outside of the meeting room is important, and he, and he takes advantage of it. Uh, Kalani Norris is another guy. I, I know he probably wishes he had more than two receptions at this point this season, but he's averaging 18 yards a reception for his career. What are his best attributes as a wideout? Uh, he's been good at you know going downfield and making the catch downfield. Unfortunately, yeah, that's been two catches, but you know he's a speed guy and, and he can free himself up, up on the release. Who are some of the guys that maybe haven't seen the field yet in your group, but you know have been working hard, putting themselves in a the position to uh, to crack that depth chart? You, you always want to make sure those guys get acknowledged as well. Right. Well, if you look at it, I'm playing six receivers. You know that's a two deep at the three positions. Avery Boyd um, and and uh, Ryan King are two guys that you don't see as much, but those are, are two of the guys that, you know, you could see show up here as we get into October and into November. Um, Malik, you see a lot as a backup to Nate, and that would be the six guys. You know, you talked about Malachi, Nate, and EJ, uh, and the other three behind them are guys that I am rotating in, and, and they have some opportunities. Another teaching question for Dell Alexander. How do you teach the transition between route running and then becoming a blocker when a quarterback scrambles and takes it off. Right. Being able to transition after the route or, or after a throw is really important. You know, we look at that every day. If you don't get the ball, it's an effort play. Um, we want to finish every play. So just because you don't have it, you want to protect your brothers. If your brother has the ball, then you need to go and block the targets in front of them. That's run and pass. Is it difficult to kind of lock into your guide now that you're going to become a blocker, but make sure that you're not going to get your hands in any position that would cause a holding penalty to come out? Because that's got to be tough. It's a moving target, and it's uh, sort of an unorthodox target as well because you're breaking from your route, and then sort of in the, the snap of a finger, you're turning into a blocker. Right. Well, you have to transition with your feet. You know, you don't want to turn and reach. You want to turn and run. So mm. understanding that you're trying to block the guy that's covering you, that's your target. You're not going backwards. So you turn and you block with your feet. You try to cover color and stay foot to foot. Uh, Della Alexander joins us coming to Georgia Tech from Notre Dame. Of course, that's where you get also linked up with Chip Long, coached a couple of NFL wideouts there, Chase Claypool, uh, Equinemius St. Brown, right? He was uh, in the room with you, huh? Yes, EQ was there, Chase was there, Miles is also another one there. Just, there was a few. Yeah, EQ is a lot easier to say than Equinemius. I don't yes, blame you. Yes. Uh, who are some of the other guys that uh, you've coached over the years that have gone on to big things in the NFL? Always like a. Uh, you know, seeing who's in the uh, Dell Alexander wide receiver tree. Right. Well, interesting enough, you know, Chase and Miles Boykin will be uh, there with the Pittsburgh Steelers. So mm -hmm. when we head up there, uh, I'll try to get those guys oh, over in the hotel. So a couple of guys there, you know, back at Arizona State, there was Jalen Strong, you know, the Jail Mary when we beat USC. He was a great player for us. And then I just think, you know, being around, you know, a guy that's great as well as a guy that works his butt off is, is the reward. You know, when you talk about a Jared Abadaris, you know, who was a walk-on or Mike Hass, who was a walk-on for me way back when. You know, it's just great seeing effort, great seeing production, and then great seeing the guys move on after football and become great men. You're an L.A. guy, like we said, played at Southern Cal. Was coaching always the ambition once you hung up the cleats? No, it, it wasn't. I was going to go into the school system, try to be an assistant principal or principal, okay. but definitely give back, you know, in the community, in the schools, and try to help, you know, uh, some of those guys that, that, like me, you know, that need a little direction.
Very nice. And you've done it very admirably over now. Two decades. Are we closing in on three decades in coaching? Uh-oh, I don't want to paint you as older easy, than you easy. are here. I don't know. What is a decade? A year? <laughs> How about the wisdom of multiple decades that you've yes. condensed into a much smaller period of time? Wrapping up with Dale Alexander, you know, we talk with Brent Key about how Pitt structures its defense and what they do with their defensive backfield and the kind of stress that they put out wide receivers for your guys as a group to have a really effective Saturday night. What will it take? We'll have to continue to attack. Um, when we played Central Florida, obviously those guys were aggressive and they pressed and, and Narduzzi does great job he always has you know getting his guys up in your face and trying to stop you and 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 create problems and timing so we've got to attack those guys we've got to high point the ball we've got to make sure they can't knock us off our routes and we've got to finish plays do narduzzi overlap with each other when he was at michigan state you were at wisconsin yes yes for five years we faced that oh, okay so, so this is very similar okay so that'll be a familiar face on the sidelines this saturday night at Acrosure stadium in pittsburgh georgia tech versus the panthers 8 p.m tommy slether and of course our network pregame coverage. We'll start up at 6 o'clock. Now, this has been a lot of fun. We appreciate the conversation. Always like learning more about the players, but also the resume of the position coach. So we appreciate you sharing your story with us. Yep. Thanks for having me. All right. For Brent Key, Dan Alexander, our entire crew, Andy Demetrius saying so long. Once again, we'll be on the air this Saturday. And thanks once again for listening to the Georgia Tech Coaches Show on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Here's to the fans who show up for the game, finding their spot, staking their claim, towing the trailers, hauling the gear, a tradition of tailgating that happens each year. And here's to the truck they drive, the Ford F-150 truck. Power your tailgate like never before with an available Pro Power onboard generator. For great offers, see your local Ford dealer today. Not all models, trims, or features may be available. Contact your dealer for more information. It's football time, which turns Sunday and Thursday into the best days of the week. Well, they just got better because now through October, Kino has 30% higher payouts during bonus hours before the football games. Win $500, it becomes $650. The bonus hours are Sunday, 1 to 3 p.m. and Thursday, 6 to 8 p.m. So play Kino online and anywhere Kino is sold and get 30% higher payouts during bonus hours. Sundays, 1 to 3 p.m. and Thursdays, 6 to 8 p.m. Only from the Georgia Lottery. Play responsibly. Georgia is our home. That's why at Georgia Power, we're building the future of energy. Over the last decade, we've invested nearly $10 billion to strengthen the electric grid, installing new substations, upgrading transformers, moving power lines underground, and investing in cleaner energy. We're making the electric grid more resilient and reliable for you and for future generations. At Georgia Power, we know that making smart investments today prepares us to meet our customers' needs tomorrow. And we're back with breaking news. Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. Coke Zero Sugar is a must-try for any Coke fan, so make sure you... Jim. <laughs> Jim. We're on the air. Ooh, yes, this tastes like the best Coke ever to me. Your thoughts, Jen? Well, can I have a sip? <laughs> Jen, we're in the middle of reporting the news. I need to try it first. <laughs> You've been listening to the Georgia Tech Coaches Show, live on the Georgia Tech Sports Network from Legend Sports. Join us each week of the season to get the latest on Yellow Jackets football and all things Georgia Tech athletics. We'll talk to you again next week right here on the Georgia Tech Sports Network. 
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? I treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.